Welcome to episode 3 of the Seeking Eye Life Exploration podcast. Here I speak with Joe Carpenter, a man who's had several life-changing experiences with both dream visitations and several other forms of intuitive experience. Our conversation lasted over two hours, so this will be broken up into several different podcast episodes focusing on different aspects of Joe's experiences. You can find a video version of this podcast on our YouTube channel, and either now or at some point soon will also be a blog article counterpart to this episode on SeekingEye.co.uk in which I would like to just look very critically and very analytically into Joe's experiences, mainly because being of a scientific mind I like to look for any other explanation before jumping to parapsychological explanations. This in no way means that I doubt anything that Joe says, it's just a very effective way of looking at it from a very critical point of view and something that he has told me he supports absolutely so. A big thanks to Joe for allowing me to do that. So here's part one of the conversation in which we delve into Joe's dream visitation experiences from deceased people. My mother's mother died in 92. So I started seeing her. And really what it was, was it was like I went to sleep and when it's almost... Next thing you know, you're aware. I'm aware that I'm there. I'm over there. And I didn't really even think about that at the time. I just thought I was seeing my grandmother and she was in a, um, it's very hard to describe some of these things I see because there's almost no words for it. Um, so she was in, I guess like a, it looked like a glass house to me, you know what I mean? But it was really like, I don't know, it was like made of light almost. So, and I was outside looking in and there was my grandmother sitting on a chair and she was reading to children. Um, and I would call out, I called out to her and I, when I finally got her attention, she told me to go back and not, she said, go back, don't come here. I said, okay. And that was it. And I woke up whenever I wake up. From, usually when I wake up from something like this, it kind of feels like I've been dropped onto my bed from a couple of feet above my bed. So it feels like I bounce on my bed. It's very, it's crazy. So um, the next time I, I saw her three times, um, which is kind of funny because I saw her husband three times, my mother three times. I, it usually happens in threes also. Um, anyhow, <clears throat> second time I saw her was basically the same thing, but I was much closer. And again, she chased me away and it wasn't, um, you know, like I wasn't scared or upset or anything. And, you know, like whenever this, so after the second time, I, you know, I told my mother I saw her the first time. I told her I saw her the second time. The third time I saw my grandmother, I mean, I'm back at the very same place. But this time I like walked right through the wall and I sat right next to She's on a chair, um, so on a chair reading to these children and I sat right like right next to her on her left side and I was poking at her and I said grandma grandma it's me Joey and she said she just looked me right in the eye and she says I told you you can't come here you have to go back and again I wake up startled and you know I never really understood why she would chase me away like that so um 
that was really kind of that experience with her. And it, it's important to tell you that now, because when I get into some other stuff, you'll see it'll, it'll come back around and, and we'll understand that a little bit more. Uh, my mother's father, I saw three times as well. Um, my mother's father was from Sicily. He came here in 1920 at 20 years old. So he was born, uh, he was born 1900. Um, he was a mason and he had built his own house here on Long Island. And here my grandmother had six children and they were all born in that house. Everybody was born at home. Um, my mother was the last one born in 1941. So anyhow, when when I was a child, we'd go to that house. Um, I loved being there. You know, it was it was interesting because the house is all made of stone. So we were we were rock climbing when we when I was a little kid way back in the early 70s. We were climbing the house. It was very interesting. Anyhow. Um, and we would always be, the kids were always in the basement. My grandfather had a pool table down there. We'd play hide and seek. There was a room off to the, there was a room, uh, a separate room where the oil burner was. Um, and when I was a kid, when I was very little, I would never, ever, to this day, I've never been in that room. Um, I would the other other kids when we play hide and seek, they would hide in there. I would I could never go. There wasn't there was a doorway, but no door. So I would, but I would never go past that doorway. It would give me, it would give me chills up my spine, and it, I always felt very very strange about it. So, um, okay. So the first dream I had about my grandfather was was very peaceful. Um, you know, I went to bed as usual. Um, next thing you know, I'm aware that I'm I'm walking down a path. What seemed to me like um, I was in Italy, and almost immediately, as soon as I thought that, I said, "Well, I I, I am there. I'm going to see my I'm going to see my grandfather. I have no doubt that that's going to happen." And I came up up to a house. It was an old house, and on the side, I saw my grandfather, and I walked right up this path, and he was tending to roses. My grandfather here in this life, he also had a greenhouse on his property, and he was very much into um, flowers, plants. He had fig trees. He had all sorts of um, things in his in his um, greenhouse. Um, but roses, he was very into roses also. So anyway, in the dream, he's tending to his roses, but everything was very, very overgrown. And I said to him, I said, Grandpa, I said, why is everything so overgrown? Um, The funny thing was, is we didn't speak here. We spoke, I mean, it is incredibly efficient. And there is no doubt on what somebody is saying to you when that happens it it is it's pretty incredible that was really the first time i experienced that um and he said to me he said there is no time here at all and i have 
an eternity, really, if you want to look at it that way, um, to tend to my garden. I'm, I'm in no hurry to do anything. And I said, oh, okay, you know, really wasn't much to that conversation. And then I asked him where grandma was. And while he was alive, my grandfather was, um, I don't have a good word for it. He was a scutch. He was, he was, um, he liked to give my grandmother a hard time in a, in a fun way, not a mean way, you know, and he always, you know, they were always bickering back and forth, but it was funny. I think they did it for our entertainment. Anyhow, I asked him, I said, where was grandma? And he looked at me and he started laughing because he, that laugh that he had, um, knowing that my grandmother had chased me away. So he, uh, you know, and that was, that, that was basically all for that dream. And then I woke up again, as usual, boom, on my bed. And I took me a long time to understand, you know, like when I wake up, what that is. Um, and it, it, it amazes me because my wife never wakes up. And I, I, I don't understand how she doesn't wake up because I'm telling you, it feels like I fall out of the sky onto my bed. It's very strange. The second dream I had about my grandfather, this is where it's really going to get interesting. He, um, <clears throat> the second time I saw him, went to sleep as usual. And next thing I know, I'm in that room in his basement where the oil burner was. And he's there with me. And I was extremely nervous. I was I was scared. I was very scared. I really didn't know what, you know, why I was there. And I let him know I was nervous. So then he points, he points up to, a, a, I mean, he had windows in his basement, but, you know, they were up high. He points to the window, and I look out the window, and there was a light so bright that I... Like, I couldn't believe I could see a light that brilliant. I mean, but you're not looking with your eyes. I mean, you know, you don't have physical eyes. You just don't. It's, it's, you're basically, I guess, in spirit form. I mean, I understand that now, but then I could, I couldn't believe I could see something so brilliant and not, you know, be blinded. Um, and then we were back. I, I, I looked at the light and then I looked at him and I, you know, I was still very nervous and I said, I'm sorry, I have to go because I, I, the room just made me very, very nervous. So, exactly. Um, it was just the room where his oil burner was. It burned oil. You know, when I was a kid, that's what was there. Um, the third time I saw him, and now these dreams of my grandfather, by the way, are, um, they're years apart. It's not like they happen, you know, every couple of days or a couple of weeks. These are years apart. The third time I saw him, um, I'm back in that room again. And now he's standing in front of a furnace. But it was a big furnace, and it burned either wood or coal. So I um, now I'm very nervous again. But I said, you know, I, I I have to I have to see this through. There's a reason why he's bringing me here. I have to see it through. 
Um, and he just stood there. There was a door on it. Um, I guess big enough to shovel coal in or, or shovel wood in. And he opens up the door and there was fire in there and he was pointing inside. He wanted me to look inside. And it scared the hell out of me. So bad. I And again, I apologize to him. I said, I, I can't do this. And off I went and I woke up again and I was actually woke up. I was kind of upset because it was very scary to me. You know, I mean, I'm an adult, but still, you know, things still scare us, you know. Um, so the next day, I was going to my mom's house. My sister lives in another state, so she was out visiting. So I figured I'd go there, have a cup, glass of wine with them. We're sitting outside on her deck. And I said, you know, I always told my mother about all these dreams that I had, especially about her parents. So I told her, I said, Mom, I saw your father again. And, you know, in a dream. And she says, well, what? What did he say anything? I said, no, he didn't say anything. I said, but this time we, I was back in the in the room where the oil burner was. I said, but it wasn't an oil burner. It was like a wood or a coal fired stove, you know, oven uh, oven furnace. I said, but he opened the door and he was pointing inside. He wanted me to look in. And at that point, my mother burst into tears. She started crying, and I was, you know, I got this chill at my spine. I knew something wasn't right. And I'm like, what is going on? By the way, my sister started freaking out as well. And I'm like, you know, I, I didn't know anything. I said, what, what's going on? Tell me something. And my mother told me that, and she wasn't sure if it was before she was born or after she was born, that um, one of the babies that were born in that house was a stillborn. It was born dead. And my grandfather disposed of the baby's body in that furnace. And it was, in fact, a coal or a wood furnace back in the day. And at, uh, ooh, I still, even now, get a little freaked out by it, you know. Um, my mother died in 2012 after, maybe about a year or two after she died, I went to go see one of her sisters, her older sisters, just to say, you know, I was making the rounds of my aunts and whatnot, because they're all getting older and I figured, you know, time is short, might as well, you know, spend some time with these people. I went to go see one of my mother's, my mother's, one of her older sisters, and while I was there, I asked her, I said, oh, you know, I mean, this dream popped into my head and I said, can you confirm or deny a story for me? And she says, yeah, I have nothing to hide, whatever you want to know. I took my glasses off. I hate wearing them. Um, I start telling my aunt, who's maybe eight or ten years older than my mother, I start telling her about this dream. And she now starts crying as well. And I said, my mother, and I told her at the end, I said, my mother, you know, did this really happen? She said, yes, it happened. She said, uh, I said, my mother didn't know it was before or after her. And she said, no, it was before your mother was born. <clears throat> she, 
and she was very freaked out. She said, I don't know why he would, you know, she says, I, I said, I don't know why he would show me that. And my aunt says, all I can tell you is this. She said, what freaks me out right now more than anything is that he, not only that he would show you that, but they named that baby. And that baby's name was Joseph. My name. And she said, I wonder if he showed you that. Because maybe, I don't know if you believe in reincarnation or not. She said, maybe that was you and it wasn't your time yet. Which is funny because I always felt that I was born in the wrong time. You know, I'm, even today, I'm very, I'm into the 20s, 30s, 40s. I'm really into that whole, um, yeah, I, I, not that I'm not into it. I don't live it, but like I love movies from that era. Uh, I love everything from that era. Cars, the music, the big band music. Well, I love all that. Um, yeah, so that, that kind of freaked me out. And, my, and she told me my mother's name was Josephine, and she said that's why your mother's name was Josephine because your mother was born after that. So that kind of freaked me out. And, you know, like I don't have any definitive answers as to why he would show me that, but, I mean, you know, it's a good possibility. Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, so that was that for that. That kind of – that story still freaks me out a little bit, you know? I mean, it, it, and it does freak out some people when I tell them, but I, I look at it like this, you know? I mean, you know, as far as putting a baby, a baby's body in a furnace, I mean, you know, you, they already at that point had five kids. Um, you know, it was probably late 30s, very maybe 39, 1939, 1940 when that happened. You know, it was the times, he's old school, he's, you know, from a different country, who knows, I, you know, I don't know why he would do such a thing, but maybe he didn't have any money. Uh, probably not. Probably not. Um, what else? I've written about Jeez, I've written, I usually write, I write my dreams down and I write them down. Um, I mean, there's so many of them. Um, before my mother died, my, her brother died and he was also, he was my grandfather's, obviously my grand, my Italian grandfather's son. He took over that um, Mason business right after he died. I had a dream about him and it was very, very fast, but I was in, I was in a, um, I was in a yard that, in a place where they make bricks, you know, but it was outside, it was a conveyor belt, it was all dirt, but it wasn't dirty, um, there were red bricks coming down a conveyor belt and I, I was, I'm looking at them, I'm like they were alive. It was the strangest thing. They were, I don't know how to describe it, but it seemed like the bricks were alive. I've never seen red, a red like that here in this life, I can tell you that. Um, but I was amazed at it. And then, you know, they're coming down the conveyor belt. I look up and there's my uncle. 
And he says, this place is amazing, isn't it? I go, yeah. I said, you know, are you happy? He said, oh, I'm very happy. Tell everybody I'm very happy. And that was that. So, and of course, when I told his family that, they were upset because he was still working. And I said, it's not about him. It wasn't about him still working. It was for me to know exactly who I was talking to. And the message is, is that he's okay and doing very well. So, like, he's still working, you know. Uh, I, I think people have a have a, you know, I think people worry so much about their relatives once they're gone, when really they should be worrying about this life, you know, and, and what you're doing or, or or how you're living your life, you know, because um, to me, from what I've seen there, this is a much harder place to be than it is over there. Um, yeah, very much so. So. Um, so my mom died in 2012, um, and which, believe it or not, for me, it sounds strange to hear this, I guess, but strange for me to say, but for me, it was a very beautiful experience. It really was. Um, I, I, because I've talked to people that I know or, or knew that have died in my sleep, um, I never really had a problem with people dying. It never didn't really upset, doesn't upset me that much. Um, it, my mother had, she had lymphoma and they treated her for that. And then she had, uh, after I guess all that chemo, she got leukemia. Um, I had had back surgery at that time. Ooh, they, her doctor was in New York City and they wanted the whole family to go in there. I had back surgery that day. And I kind of, I already knew, like, if you want to speak to the whole family, the news probably isn't good, you know, because they're not bringing you in there to have a party, um, which is funny because my I have four other siblings and they all went and nobody had any idea that they were going to give her, you know, hey, you got, you got two months to live is what they told her. So anyway, I had back surgery that same day, um, which I was fortunate because I had a, my recovery was a couple of months. So I had all that time to spend with my mother in her end days. And I would go to her house, have conversations with her. And, um, you know, I, I told her before she died a couple of things. One thing I told her was... Um, that I believe that we choose this life that we're in, that whatever life we're living, we chose to be here, we chose who our parents are, you know, we choose all of that before we come here. It's just what I believe. It doesn't mean that, you know, people can believe whatever they want. It doesn't bother me. It's just how I feel about it. Excuse me, I gotta... Thirsty. Um, and my mother was... My mother was a saint. My father was a bit of a, you know, he was an abusive man. I'll just leave it at that. Um, so she looks at me right in the eye and she goes, why the F would I ever have chosen this life? And I started laughing. I could, like, I was laughing about it because it was the first time I really heard the God's honest truth about her, you know, from her. Um, that, you know, it, it was really, you know, why would I choose this life? I mean, you know, she spent her life putting on a good face and making sure everything was good for her kids, 
no matter what we had to live through with my father. I mean, you know, it was it was ugly. It was definitely ugly back in the day. So anyhow, I also told her, you got to come see me. And she says to me, she was so funny. She says, oh, I don't know if they're going to let me come see you. I'm like, who's they, mom? I said, you'll be a free spirit. You'll be able to do whatever you want. So <clears throat> she died uh, March 13th of 2012. About a month after that, I went to sleep as usual, and boom. Next thing I know, I'm sitting in a car in the rain, and across the street from me was a house there, and there were women standing outside. And I didn't actually see my mother in this, but it's still um, pretty interesting. So, and like right away, I knew it was a to me, it, it was a house where um, if a battered woman left her husband and she was on the run from him, it like a safe house almost, right? So, and I knew she was, I knew she was there. There was no doubt in my mind that she was there. So, I got out of the car in the rain, ran across the street, and the women at the door stopped me. And I said, you know, look, I want to see my mother. And they said, she, she's not ready yet. So, okay, and then boom, I wake up, and I got the idea that it wasn't, a, it had really nothing to do with her being a battered woman or anything like that. Um, I think it had more to do with um, the sense I got was, is, was she was still adjusting to her not having a um, she was kind of worried about her own judgment. Um, I don't know if you ever read anything about that, any afterlife experiences people have ever had any death experiences and they talk about their own judgment and, you know, whatever. You know, yeah, 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 so have I. Like, I've, read, I've probably read about 100 books on every, that and everything else, you know, psychics and all this other stuff. So, um and that was that. So um, I had read a book while I was, um, I was still recovering from my back surgery. Um, my One of my brothers did a job at a house for a woman who lives very, maybe about a mile from me, a mile and a half. Um, she's a psychic. She claims she has a telephone and I don't doubt her, but she has a telephone that's not connected to anything, and God calls her on it. I mean, I read a book. Um, in the back of the book was her phone number. So I called her up. And I, it, was right, it was right after that. She was like the day after that dream. And I said, I go, hi, Alice. My name is Joe. I said, um, I just read your book. She said, oh, thank you very much. I and right away she says, um, your mom just passed. I go, yeah, she did. She said, but she's not ready for her judgment yet. And I said, no, I didn't say anything yet. She goes, she says, she's not ready for her judgment yet, but you already know that, don't you? And I go, well, yeah, well, it's kind of why I'm calling you. Um, she says, yeah, but, you know, she goes, you always doubt yourself all the time. And I've been told that before by other people, that I've, I always 
I've always doubted my experiences. Um, I don't anymore, but um, so you know, she talked a little bit more about my mom, this and that, and the other thing. And then she asked me what was around my neck, and I said there was nothing around my neck. And she said, "Oh no, there's something around your neck that means tremendous love, but cause causes you tremendous pain." So that's what I get, and I said, "I have no idea." She goes, "Well, you need to look." So I look down my shirt, and I have my wife and my kids tattooed on my chest right here, close to my neck. So I knew she was pretty authentic, you know. Um, and well, that was kind of really it for that. Um, Maybe about a month after that, I um, another dream, and in that dream, it was as if I was a baby, and I was laying in my mother's arms. She was wearing a robe, like a white robe, um, and to me, it was as if she just got out of the shower. Because I could smell cleanliness, and you know, like I guess I don't even know if I saw her hair, but I got the idea that she just got out of the shower. It was like that kind of thing, and so when I woke up, I immediately knew that. Um, and by the way, I'm 100% non-religious. Just FYI. Um, anyway, it was as. So when I woke up, I said, ooh, like she's cleansed. Like she made it past that point of her judgment, and now she's really getting used to her surroundings at this point. Um, and then another month after that, <clears throat> I had the most incredible experience with my mother that lasted a very long time. The conversation will continue in a later episode of the podcast, but don't forget you can also see the video version of this interview on YouTube and read up the blog post, which may or may not currently be available, depending on when you're listening to this on seekingi.co.uk. Thank you for listening.